Welcome to Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet, a mother-daughter podcast on all things magic and pop culture. the daughter. I'm Lori. I'm the mom. What's up, girl? What's going on? Oh, nothing. <laughs> Just drinking some tea. Are you drinking some tea? Drinking some tea today. How come? <laughs> so last week, I was off the charts. <laughs> last... Reel it in, Lori. Reel it in. I thought that you did great last yeah. week. Yeah. yeah. You were a little self-conscious. Well, you know, as Virgos like to be completely in control, so. <laughs> you kept saying, I'm drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, somebody slipped something into my drink <laughs> that was... Uh, oh, no. Well, so it might not seem like it, but that's rare for you to like rare. to completely let go like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It I'm, happens like, once in a blue moon. Once in a blue moon, because even though it looks like we are in a constant state of drunkenness, <laughs> that's not the case. No, that's, it's not. That's just what you see here. That's um, what we're showing yeah, you. That's just that's what, what we're showing, showing you. you. Yeah, because I don't drink that often. And no. it's usually, really, guys, like two drinks, and I'm like, I'm okay. Like, that's And I maintain. Thing. Yeah, we're lightweights. We're that's lightweights. the thing. Yeah. Is it takes, like, not very much. Oh, no, no, <laughs> and no. And we're like... Woo! Woohoo! Yeah. And so. So here's the thing is like your topic last week, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but mm-hmm. like um, sometimes when we sit down to research these topics, they're mm-hmm. not pleasant. Yeah. And, and yeah. And I don't think people realize like, you know, some like we spend like 10 hours, hours 10 yeah. hours researching. Like I was just at the computer for 10 hours today doing this research and you know and it's fascinating usually most of the time and when you go in thinking it's going to be one thing but I've I have to say as as the Virgo that I am I've been feeling guilty all week I know we've talked about it well just because you know like um you know this could be somebody's favorite childhood movie what Alice in Wonderland last week and I like completely shit all over it because I don't think you shit all over it I mean the movie itself was fine and know that but you know when you find out disturbing things about but it's still you know because it's a, yeah you know moving on to the patreon i'm going to be doing you know one of my favorite childhood movies and then i was thinking well i better dig up and see if i can find any dirt because that's only fair you know what i mean right and it kind of would be shattering so you know i felt bad about that yeah i mean i think it is what it is sometimes it's just you know mm-hmm. not as pleasant as you would like it to be but exactly. i think you did great and then that's when we say cut print check the games <laughs> moving on and that's, moving on. And that's when we may have a little extra drink <laughs> to swallow what we just learned exactly exactly oh my yeah. gosh all right on a lighter note yeah i have an announcement oh no what is it's it it's my fucking birthday week y'all oh my god <laughs> is it the week, the month, the... Well, first of all, January is my month. I have claimed it. Yep. And you are welcome to join in with me if you were also born in January. But in this family, I am the only one born in January, and I fucking claim that shit, bitch. <laughs> like, this is my month. It is my time to shine. <laughs> Step aside. I don't know if anyone can relate to this, and this is going to kind of get personal, but I, so I grew up with a sister, mm-hmm. okay, Yeah. who, like, was the shining star. Yes. Like, everything... That that she did was just the best thing in the world mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. and it was all about her yeah so bitch i have taken <laughs> january i'm like give me one motherfucking thing and it is january and that is my birth month and i'm taking it <laughs> i'm taking every single day every second yeah so anytime so someone you're... tells me like no i'm like it is my birth month and That's right. you just stop it right there it. so you're already plotting out the festivities yeah, you asked me what I wanted to do for yes, my birthday, of and course. obviously we are still <laughs> in a pandemic. We're still going through it. Everything is closed as it should be. Mm-hmm. There's not really much to do, and even if stuff is open, we do not. You know, we take this very seriously. Mm-hmm. We're pretty quarantined for the most part. Yeah, 
So I said I wanted to have, first I said I wanted to have a dance movie marathon, which is what we did last year. Yes, we did. And what did we watch last year? I can't remember. Last year we watched Save the Last Dance. We watched Stomp the Yard. I'm obviously a big (laughs) dance movie person. You are. (laughs) I remember when you were a kid that you used to literally, and I am not exaggerating, practice the dance from Save the Last Dance. Don't tell anyone Non-stop. <laughs> non-stop. Yeah. I would walk through the room and I'd see you in there and you were like getting I down with the, the moves. I had the chair, bitch. Oh. I was like about it. I love it because I can't dance. Right. Right. So like. No, you can. No. You can dance. <laughs> That's very kind. Now singing, <laughs> on the other hand. I can't. Me, 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 me. Um, if I like, you know, have had one too many drinks and then I let myself go, maybe I can mm-hmm. do a little groove. But no, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't really dance like these people in the movies. So um, I like to, you know, I love dance movies. Yes. So last year we had a dance movie marathon. We did. We watched Drumline, didn't we? No. I think, uh, no? Well, maybe. Mm. I think we watched Save the Last Dance, Drumline, Stomp, Stomp the, the Yard. Yard. I was with it. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. so this year I was like, I want to continue that. But both you and Jake looked at me like you were about to light me on fire. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, you know what? Let's let's rearrange this. And I decided decided on a 90s movie marathon. Okay, great. And what do we got going? So far I have picked out Clueless, Never Been Kissed, and Airheads. Ooh, good lineup. That is a good lineup. I don't want to hear any lip. It's my my birthday. I like all three of those. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I kept both of you in mind. Uh So we're going to have like a little 90s movie marathon. I bought, okay, I bought some butterfly clips for my hair. They're making a comeback. Yeah, I'm bringing them back. I'm going to, you know, twist my hair and put some little butterfly Uh clips in them. And I said that both Jake and Laura have to dress up in some kind of 90s fashion. I said that Jake should be Josh Hartnett and he just needs to not wash his hair for the next week and yep. he needs to part it down the middle and he's good. And I said I was coming as Kurt Cobain and I'm just going to wear a flannel. There you go. Nailed it. You're done. <laughs> oh my gosh. I remember when you were little and you had those butterfly, you had so many of those butterfly clips and every morning you'd wake up and I'd have to twist your hair. And put a little butterfly put clip the little in little clips in. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. I'm bringing it back. Bring it on back, girl. That is what You're I want feeling for my nostalgic. birthday. I am feeling nostalgic. Yeah. And speaking of, um, if you are uh, a member of our Patreon, we're having a Patreon-only live stream mm-hmm. on January 24th to celebrate my birthday. Yes. We're going to hang out and we're going to talk all things Lee. We I know are. that sounds so fun. We are. Yes. <laughs> it does sound fun to me. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't joined yet, now is the time. Speaking of which, I have a bone to pick with one of you. I'm oh, not no. sure who it is. Um, what? Because you made me eat hot wings the other night. And that is going to be dropping on our Patreon, correct? Yeah, so we did the uh, hot wings challenge. Mm-hmm. Mm. How are you feeling, dude? That was <laughs> that rough. was rough. That was that was rough. rough. My tummy was not happy. No, I had gas. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> I had some serious gas. Note, <laughs> note. <laughs> Spicy wings give you gas. <laughs> Yeah, um, or it could have been the um, oat milk, or I don't even know what the heck I was trying to drink to get that heat out of my mouth. That is not my no. Why do people do that? I don't understand. I don't know. I guess it's kind of fun. Yeah, we like mm. ate spicy vegan nuggets, and we answered questions for our Patreon uh, yeah subscribers. So that was brutal. <laughs> That's coming out soon. Yeah. So yeah, well, we, we've got some fun things we've in got the works. Some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of fun things in the works. Yeah. I'm really excited about my topic today. Are you? Yeah, I am actually. I'm kind of excited about mine. Yeah. Last week, let's be honest, you didn't Ooh. like your topic. Mm-hmm. I was that indifferent. Was a, that was a cinematic piece of crap. Yours? Both. Both. <laughs> Obviously, we didn't care for it. Um, so yeah. this, this week, I was like, I'm picking something that like makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm doing deja vu. Girl, I was wondering how long it was going to take for you to get Denzel into this. Bitch, I said from the beginning that Denzel, besides Matthew Lillard, we mm-hmm. love you. We yeah. love you. You're the number. You're the number two. Yeah. Number one, Denzel. Denzel. 
again, we have mentioned before that I had an eight by ten glossy of Denzel by my by my nightstand, and that when I was young, and that big one that I got from Blockbuster when they went out of business. I had a cardboard cutout. Yep, it yeah, was. it's embarrassing. Yep. Um, I love Denzel. I think that he's just fantastic, <laughs> and he's a January baby. No, he's no? a December baby. Oh, he's a, a Capricorn. We don't oh, talk about it. Oh, that's right. Shh. You hush your mouth. Hush. All right. So, yeah, it's it's time. That's it's, a good movie. I like that one. It is. Um, it's time to bring Denzel into the fold. Do it, girl. All right. Um, Deja Vu is a 2006 action slash sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Tony Scott. All right. I don't know who that is, but. No. <laughs> he directed it. Okay. Um, the cast is Denzel Washington as Agent Doug Carlin who's an ATF agent, mm-hmm. um, Paula Patton as Claire Kuchever, and Val Kilmer as Agent Paul hmm, Prizwara. Oh, I forgot Val Kilmer was in that. Yeah, and obviously there's other people in it, but those I think are the main. Is this the one where he brushes his teeth? Denzel. Mm-hmm. There are multiple scenes yep, where he yep, brushes yep, his teeth. I thought it was. <laughs> yep. Okay, go. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. Okay. Okay. So here is the rundown okay. of the movie. It's not. Okay. I'm just going to start. It's not the greatest movie. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's like, you know, mm-hmm. the greatest piece of it's film. Oscar worthy. It's a good movie. It's, it's just somewhere good. between Oscar worthy and cinematic piece of crap. Yes. Yes. All yeah. right. More towards the cinematic piece of crap, but because, well, okay. according to everyone else out there. Oh, okay. Listen, I would watch Denzel Washington read the phone book. <laughs> I will just, <laughs> I would enjoy anything that that man is in. So right maybe on. I'm not the person to ask. I thought this was a good movie. There you go. You love who you love. I do. Okay. Here's the rundown. Mm-hmm. Um, It opens in New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Mm -hmm. Okay. A ferry carrying U.S. Navy soldiers. No, sailors. (laughs) So ferry not as in like sprightly being. No, ferry boat. (laughs) (laughs) A ship (laughs) carrying U.S. Navy sailors Uh and their families is heading into the city. Okay, for like a a Mardi Gras festival. A party. Yeah, I guess Mardi Mm -hmm. Gras is a festival. Whatever, you get the point. Um. But it doesn't make it there, okay? Uh-oh. It explodes, killing 543 passengers. Bummer. Big deal. Yeah. yeah. Definitely bummer. Yeah. Um, in comes ATF agent Doug Carlin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to refer to him as Denzel for the rest of this. Denzel, Let's be honest. A.K.A. Doug. A.K.A. Denzel. <laughs> Doug <laughs> is Denzel. Um, the NTSB, which I don't know what that is. I was supposed to look that up, but I totally forgot. So, Jake... <laughs> Fact check, Jake. Get on that fact check, Jake. Um, the NTSB. Or National Transportation Safety Board. There you, you go. go. Nailed it. It's <laughs> trying to decipher whether or not um, this explosion was an accident or a crime. Mm-hmm. But because Denzel is Denzel, um, he's already on top of it. He's got that bitch locked down. Correct. Right. And he has uh, deciphered that it was a deliberate a deliberate act. Okay. Okay. This was not an accident. Someone caused this explosion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he figured this out because wires and, you know, all sorts of technological things. Oh, no. Technological <laughs> things. Things washed yeah. up. Um, after the blast. Okay. Okay, wire. So they, uh-huh. basically they figured out that it was a bomb. So that's why they pay him the big bucks is what you're saying. All right, <laughs> yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I am not the ATF agent. <laughs> Clearly I'm like technological <laughs> things washed up on shore. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So back to the ATF office. Mm-hmm. Denzel has a message waiting for him from a woman that he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, he tries to call her back, but she does not answer the phone. Okay. Okay, so remember that. Got it. Meanwhile, a woman's body is found washed up on the beach um, with burns over most of her body. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel and the rest of the ATF assume that it is another victim from the fairy blast. Uh, however, her body was found prior to the explosion. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. And <laughs> there are games there are the ga- foot. There are games afoot, madam. <laughs> Correct. Um, so he goes to check it out. Um, and he uh, like goes to the morgue 
to, mm-hmm. s- to see what's going on with this woman's body. Um, her name is Claire Kuchever. She was supposed to pick up her father from the airport. Airport. <laughs> the airport. Airport. Or better known as the airport. Thank you. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'm deciphering you lingo. <laughs> Thank you for that. I appreciate it. You bet. Uh, from the airport mm-hmm. earlier that day, but she never showed up. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel goes to meet the father, and he tells uh, Denzel that Claire had an ex-fiancé. Okay. Okay. Um, and she also had a date the night prior with someone new. Mm. Okay. She didn't let any grass grow under her feet. No, she didn't. She was right back in the game. <laughs> Ex-fiance <laughs> fucking hit the dust. Again. New date. <laughs> Take a note, Lore. <laughs> um, he also gets the keys to her house so he can go and investigate what's going on. Okay. Uh, so he heads to her place and finds some strange things that mm-hmm. seem... Things are amok. Things are amok. Was there evidence of ransacking? <laughs> <laughs> there was evidence of ransacking. Um, spelled out... Uh, in magnets on the fridge is a message. You can save her. Hmm. Okay, so that's the one weird thing. Another, okay. um, also on the fridge is an ad for a 94 Bronco that is for sale. Was it OJ's? <laughs> <laughs> no, bitch. It wasn't looking at OJ's Bronco. Oh, okay. Different time. Different okay, time. gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I saw the look on your face. She was like, Bronco? OJ? Bronco OJ. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Okay, also in the sink is a bloody towel. Hmm. Okay, so obviously something, it, it seems weird. Something is muck. Okay, uh, her answering machine is blinking, so he hits play, and what do you know? It's the message he left for the unknown female caller earlier that day. Plus Remember? One yes. Yeah, right. What the fuck? And he's obviously like, what the fucking hell was this shit? Hey, remember last week when Jake said we should try not to swear so much? <laughs> am I am I swearing a lot? He t- he told me to calm it with the swearing. And I don't think I can. <laughs> I am incapable of this. <laughs> obviously. All right, from here on out, I'm not gonna swear. Take note. Watch right. watch me work. I was we gonna- should have like a ticker tape up there. <laughs> Every time you say a swear word, it goes bing, bing. <laughs> oh, shit. That would not be good. <laughs> she just said, <laughs> Did I swear again? Oh, no. Okay, from here on out. Okay. Starting now. Starting now. Mm-hmm. Okay, Denzel. Denzel. <laughs> oh, crap. So Denzel comes in and explains the situation with Claire to the rest of the ATF, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, she was found, again, before the explosion. However, whoever killed her knew that the explosion was going to happen mm. because they made her death look like it happened because of the blast. Okay. Okay, yep. does that make sense? Yes, it does. Okay. Agent Prizwara asks Denzel to join his special spe- oh. special <laughs> special his special investigation unit. Uh, he Denzel agrees. Translated that's special. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad that you're my little translator today. I need one of those at all times. <laughs> Denzel agrees to join and they go to a secret lab looking mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. All right. They're going through footage of the ferry, okay, Okay. uh, that was taken in the days leading up to the explosion. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Here's where we're going to get a little, tell me if you're following me. Okay, Because it's hard to explain. I will. Okay. They say that they are using a new program called Snow White, Mm -hmm. which comes from various satellites with different vantage points of a specific time. Okay. It takes four and a half days to render a single fluid shot. Okay. And they have exactly one chance to look at one specific moment. Okay. Once the moment passes, they can't go back and rewind. Okay. It's always footage from four days and six hours ago. Hmm. Okay. So they can see the past, Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. from this footage, supposedly, that their satellites are taking. Mm-hmm. But it's always, like I said, four days and six hours ago. So they can't, once a moment passed, right. they can't go back and look at it. Right. So if they're looking at the wrong thing mm-hmm. and they miss something, well, that's too, too fucking late. bad. Right. Because it's going to keep going. It's, it's a constant stream. Mm-hmm. You just swore. Okay, oh, go. Oh, mother. Did I? What did I say? I don't even remember. Oh, son of a gun. <laughs> From here on out, I'm not swearing. <laughs> Never mind. You know what? It's just you. Just go with it. Just ro- I'm going to really try. You just rock it. Okay. It's explained as a single trailing moment of the past. Okay. All right. So they are using this to watch what happened the day of the explosion to hopefully try to find... Whoever caused it. Right. All right. It's Denzel's job to tell them where to look when they get to that four-day mark. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that they do not miss it. Because, Mm -hmm. again, they can't rewind. So if they're not looking in the right place, they're not going to find who caused the explosion. Right. Is this all making sense? Yeah. It's very... I'm absolutely following along with you. I'm so glad. Denzel says, you need to watch Claire Kuchever's house. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to right. find out because whoever killed her is who caused the explosion. And the mm-hmm. way he explained it was trying to watch the ferry. There's too many places to look and right. you're going to miss it. Whereas if you watch her house, you're going to notice if something changes. Right. Is that right? Yeah, right. Okay. Not as much activity going on there. Right. You're going to notice mm-hmm. if something is amok. Yep. Out of place. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, They're watching her, okay? But as they're watching her, Claire seems to know. That they're watching her? That someone is watching her. Oh, interesting. She keeps saying, like, hello, is somebody there? Uh Uh-huh. So, right, they're watching this woman who in their present day is dead. Mm -hmm. They're watching her in the past. But she can, like, feel them watching her. Yeah. All right? So that's kind of important. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, they see her get a call from someone asking about that Bronco, not OJ's Bronco, mm-hmm. a Bronco. A Bronco. <laughs> That's for sale. Mm-hmm. And they figure out that whoever that caller is, is the bomber. Okay. All right. Right. Um, but Denzel is suspicious about this program, Snow White, that they are using. Okay. So as they are watching her, he flashes a light at the screen. Okay, so they're watching her on a big screen, and he flashes a light. And Claire, from Sees the past, it. notices the light, and it shuts down the entire system. Interesting. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. This is very confusing. Okay. Yeah. So just tell me if I'm not explaining it correctly. It is then revealed that it's not what they said it was before. Mm-hmm. They have actually figured out a way to look into the past basically via wormholes they've created like a shortcut in time yeah okay like they explained it as time people think is like a flat sheet of paper right they have figured out how to fold the piece of paper and connect to Mm -hmm. moments in time right so that they can look in on the past all right making sense is everyone with me bitch i am on the coast Son of a gun, I swore. (laughs) No. Okay, so with this, Mm -hmm. the realization is that Claire is still alive. Right. In the past. Okay? Right. And so is everyone on the ferry. Mm -hmm. And Denzel wants to save them all. Right. Because he's Denzel. Because he's Denzel. Mother effer. (laughs) (laughs) It's Denzel Washington, biatch. (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to make a long story very short because I don't want to go into every single detail of the movie. Right. I think you should watch it. Yeah, Is it the it greatest out. movie in the world? No, but it's pretty good. And it has Denzel. And you get to look at Denzel. Okay, so long story short, uh, they they identify the bomber mm-hmm. through watching these videos. Mm-hmm. Denzel gets sent back in time, mm-hmm. all right, and stops Claire from being killed. Right. They go to Claire's house, and there he leaves himself the note on the fridge. You can save her. So nice. there's where that comes in. Right. He then cleans him, cleans himself up from a gunshot wound that he got while rescuing her. Uh-huh. 
So there is the bloody Blood. towel in the sink. Right. They then both head to the ferry to stop the explosion. Mm-hmm. Again, long story very short, Denzel ends up sacrificing himself to stop the bombing. Mm-hmm. And so he saves everyone. Right. So the Denzel that went back in time dies. Mm-hmm. Claire is sitting there afterwards, all sad. Yep. All right. But Claire is alive. There, there was a love connection, right? There of were, course. There were sparks flying. Yeah. There were spark. It's of Denzel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is Denzel. She saw him shirtless. That's all that needed to happen. So she's sitting there all sad. Mm-hmm. But present day, Denzel walks up to her and says, have we met? Mm-hmm. And that's the end of the movie. Cut scene. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So there is deja vu. Yeah. Did that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. All right. It's very like when you start getting into time and time warps and time warps and space. It's and, like yeah. I was watching it. I'm like, how am I going to quantum physics? Yeah, because obviously mm-hmm. I can't even do basic math. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not about to do <laughs> quantum physics. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so I just want to make sure that made sense. Yeah. Okay. So my lesson is obviously deja vu. Yes. All right. Deja vu is a French term meaning already seen. Mm -hmm. That's literally what it means. Um, It is defined as the feeling that one has lived through a present situation before. Right. All right. Mm -hmm. It was first referenced by St. Augustine in 400 AD. Wow. Where he discussed false memories. Okay. Okay, So he didn't, you know, the term wasn't there, but he was talking about what deja vu is. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the actual term déjà vu was first coined by French philosopher Emile Boirac. You know I butchered that. Oh, I'm sorry, so sorry. Yeah. In 1876. Wow. Wow. Um, déjà vu is actually pretty common. Yeah. It is estimated that 70 percent of the world's population has experienced it at least once. Hmm. Isn't that That's wild? Interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, it is most common in teens and young adults. Yeah. I think the f- the range I saw was like 15 to 25. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. We've talked about this before. Yeah, right. Okay, so uh, people often get deja vu and precognition confused. Okay. Okay, so precognition is knowing of an event in the future before it happens. Before it happens. So like foreseeing. Mm-hmm. Deja vu occurs in the, the moment, moment, not before the moment. Right. So they're two different things. Mm-hmm. So an example of deja vu would be meeting someone new, but mm-hmm. feeling like you have already met them. Mm-hmm. Um, hearing, tasting, or smelling something new, but feeling as though it isn't new. Right. Like you have experienced it before. Okay. Traveling somewhere new, like say I've never been to Italy, right? And I go to Italy and I'm like, I've been here before. And I know where this is and that is. And right. I can go right to it. That is deja yeah. vu. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I did want to specify that in my experience, and maybe it's not like this for everyone, it's not just like a familiar feeling, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like someone punched you in the stomach, right? Like yeah. for me at least, it's like very... Um, I don't know, abrupt, like, oh, I've been here before. Not just like, oh, this seems familiar. It's like, oh, pay attention to this. Like, you've been here before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It must be different because for, that's me, what it's, I'm wondering. for me, it's different. Okay, that's kind so of what... So when I have deja vu, it's almost like a slow-mo. Oh, interesting. And I get a little queasy, and it's like, I literally like... You know, like, like you're moving I, in slow. I'm moving in slow mo because I've I've experienced this before. Mm, okay, See, and then so I say to myself, "Oh, I've like, been here." That's deja vu, right? Like, I mean, it's like I know it. Yes. Yeah, so that's what kind of why I was wondering. Wondering, like I wrote in my experience because if from like I've experienced it a pretty decent amount, and mm-hmm. it is always like someone just socks me okay. in the stomach, like. It is very abrupt and very sharp. Okay. And like, oh, like, pay attention to this. You've been here before. That's interesting. Um, But from what I was reading, like, it's not like that for a lot of people. So I think that that's kind of interesting. What's it like for a lot of people? 
I mean, does it I save? think it's different it's for everybody. Different for I think everybody. some people experience it, like you said, like kind of slow-mo. I think some people it is like kind of a more soft, like just kind of passing feeling. And then it's like, all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I think some people it's like. Yeah. It's almost kind of like, a, for me, a little bit like of a euphoria. But hmm. it's like slow moving. That's but very still, interesting. The messages pay attention. Right. Which is interesting that it's mm. for you. It's like a sharp you know right yeah yeah I like to like that's cool to me that I think Mm -hmm. it depends on the person Mm -hmm. um okay so what's going on here right with deja vu so there are two different approaches I'm gonna look at scientifically and metaphysically okay okay so scientifically there are many theories as to what deja vu is okay um, it's difficult to study because it is so fleeting and random and different right. in everyone. Um, but Freud believed that deja vu occurs when the person is spontaneously reminded of an unconscious memory or desire that is tied to a repressed event. So say there is something that happened to you mm-hmm. that you have shoved way deep down okay. that you then don't even remember. Okay, Deja vu is... Uh, something related to that event and that okay. that's why you're it's like jogging you it's jogging your memory mm-hmm. of something that is repressed okay okay um there is the memory based theory that it all has to deal with how memories are formed and stored okay and that it ha- it just has something to do with that like memory recall like kind in, of in yeah the, in the fight like in your dna like right in it's just cells. kind of like a glitch in you remembering something okay okay then there's the hologram theory which i thought was interesting mm. um and this suggests that one detail of your current environment is familiar and so your brain recreates an entire scene around it resulting in the feeling of deja vu Mm. so an example would be you're watching a movie that you've never seen before Mm -hmm. and experienced deja vu Mm -hmm. but what you don't remember is that when you were younger your mother used to play that movie all the time Mm. okay so you just didn't realize that you had the memory of that movie yep yep i see what you're saying okay yeah um so it's all about it, it's all about mm-hmm. how your memory is stored, basically. Okay. okay. Um, but metaphysically, mm-hmm. um, there are also a few explanations. Okay, I'm interested to see if it's the one I'm thinking. Okay. Um, so some say that it is similar to intuition. It is just like your gut okay. telling you to pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. Um, the most common thing that I found is that it is said to mean that you are on the right path, that it is your soul mm-hmm. telling you that you are in the right place at the right time with the right people okay. and to pay attention and to keep going. Okay. That is the most common thing that okay. I have found. Okay. okay. Um, I have also found that it could be because of a past life connection, which is that's, interesting. That's, was, that's what right, I was Because that's what I talked about last week mm-hmm. um, yeah. in my Teen Witch episode was mm-hmm. past lives. Yeah. Um, so it's like you're recalling something from yeah. a past life and that's resulting yeah. in deja vu. See, yeah, that's what resonates with me, I feel like. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, it. Another theory is that your subconscious is giving a message to your conscious mind, mm-hmm. asking you to pay attention. Okay. Okay. Um, this is the one I like. Uh, you've possibly dreamt about the event or occurrence before mm-hmm. it happened. Thus, when you actually experience it, it feels familiar. So this okay. would be like a combo yeah. of precognition intuition that is resulting in deja vu Mm -hmm. like you saw an event happening so then when the event actually happens you're like i've been here before Mm -hmm. that to me is very interesting because i like uh am very dream work is very heavy Mm -hmm. in in you know what i do yeah um not purposefully it just is what that's just right um so that is i think that that is probably for me I've mm-hmm. probably dreamed of these things before. Yeah, so right. that is cool to think about. Interesting. Um, regardless, if you are experiencing deja vu, you are supposed to stop, take a look around you, and pay attention to your surroundings, who mm-hmm. you were with, 
what you're wearing, mm-hmm. what's going on, uh, how you're feeling, mm-hmm. because there might be a message in there or a lesson that you were supposed to learn in that moment. Interesting. And that is deja vu. I love that. Isn't that kind of like it's fascinating to me? It's very fascinating. Yeah. Um, and that was just specifically with the scientific side. That was just like a tip. Oh, of, yeah. of what people right. think is going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you have time, like dive into that. Absolutely. Um, I did want to just give a little tidbit. Like I had a serious feeling of deja vu when I met Fact Check Jake. Did you? I did. Yeah. And what was it? Um, like, like I knew him. You knew like him? Like it was very um, familiar. Like, familiar. Like, oh, I, I know who, like I know you. Mm-hmm. I've met you before. Yeah. Um, I even might have said that to you. Like I yeah. don't, ju- like that he just seemed very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. So I like to think that maybe like in a past life or something we had connected been together yeah in a past life um i don't know it's it's interesting to yeah, think about it is it's a fascinating concept it is right i like it so a lot of you know the reviews for the movie were like why is this even called deja vu it doesn't really have anything to do with it mm-hmm. but if you look at denzel's character when he approaches her at the end and he says have we met yeah it's because that version of denzel yeah hadn't technically met her right however the other version (laughs) the other version had yeah so that would be deja vu yeah well and scientifically i would think that like quantum physics and and parallel universes and would would play into deja vu correct yeah so that is why that movie is like i think absolutely i got it i think it was rightly named i I think think that it's a good movie here's my side notes you know, I have to have a yeah, little bit. Of course. Um, of course. Did you doubt it? Denzel gives a flawless performance. Of course. <laughs> that man is just I, pristine. I have no doubt. I love him so much. Um, there are sorry, fact check Jake, there are a lot of shirtless scenes of Denzel in this film <laughs> that I just had to that make you're note not of. mad at. I was like, shirtless again. <laughs> Noted. Denzel. Denzel. Yes. Um, the song Don't Worry Baby by the Beach Boys is a key element in the movie that like mm. um triggers deja vu. Okay. Um, and I love that song. So yeah. I thought that that was a cool tie-in because that is like one of the things of deja vu is that if you hear a song, mm-hmm. it will like trigger. Yeah. Right, right. Um here's a, a an interesting little trivia note that I had. So a few weeks before they were set to start filming in New Orleans, Hurricane Katrina hit. Right. Okay. Um, they were going to change locations to New York, uh, but decided to keep it in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. They just decided to wait a few months until stuff kind of got right. back to. Um, but they made it a point to employ locals. And the movie was actually dedicated to the disaster relief teams who helped with the aftermath of Katrina. So I thought that was interesting. And I've never been to New Orleans. Uh, Fact check, Jake used to live there. He went to school there. Yeah. But I do like in the movie, like you get to see all of the cool Uh, architecture and it just seems really cool. beautiful architecture. I'd love to see that sometime. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool backdrop to Mm -hmm. this like kind of movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's my little tidbit there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, that's great. Although my thought, you know, of course, I just go directly to I'd love to go to New Orleans and see all the um, architecture. But being there during Mardi Gras would be like being at uh, in New York City for the Times Square ball drop. There's too many people. I, would I don't like a get, lot of people. Yeah, I would probably get so Jake. No, it's different. It's something that I think everyone should uh, should experience at yeah. least once. Yeah, really? That's what he says. Yeah. yeah. Oof, I don't know. Sounds like a lot of people. You're like, ooh, too many There's people. I don't people. know. Yeah, but it takes place over square miles instead of in one, you know, a several block radius That's like true. Yeah. Times Square would be. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I gotcha. don't know. I think I, I think I would really enjoy uh, seeing New Orleans. That's mm-hmm. It's definitely on my list of places to go. I know Jake would love to go back, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's Deja Vu with Denzel. You knew that I was going to bring him in. Of course. I was surprised it took this long. I had to, I know you have, I'm sure you have a couple more on your, I do. He'll come back. (laughs) Like I said, I could just watch him stare into the, (laughs) into the abyss. Read a phone book. I like that one. That was a good one. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for eating crackers. (laughs) <laughs> is that a term? Yeah, I think okay. it is. <laughs> there you go. 
Um, so oh. there is my Denzel and Deja Vu spiel. I love it. Do you know what I'm doing today? What you doing? I This is a little out of character for me, but hey, I had a really good time with it. I'm doing Friday the 13th. Ooh, ah, you're going horror again. I know. That's so out of character for me, right? It's starting to not be out of character. I know. Because you're doing it a lot. I know. I love it. But it wasn't really the movie. It was the lesson that, like, prompted. It was like a reverse. And I was like, okay, how can I tie this lesson in? Oh, I'm going to do Friday the 13th. Okay. Love it. So, an American horror franchise. Okay, so with 12 films under its belt. 12? 12, just shy of 13. You see where I'm going there? Like, bitch, you couldn't do one more? No, 13. Unlucky number, (laughs) right? Okay. So it has spawned novels, television series, comic books, video games, and merchandising. Oh, yeah. Like, the merchandise for this movie franchise I have a t-shirt. Redonkulous everywhere, right? So the franchise focuses on fictional character Jason Voorhees, who drowned as a young boy at Camp Crystal Lake. Okay. Due to the negligence of the camp staff. Decades later, the lake is rumored to be cursed and is the setting for a series of mass murders. Okay. Jason is featured in all of the films as either the killer or the motivation for the killings. Gotcha. So this is considered one of the most successful media franchises in America. Really? Yeah, and that's wow. why I thought I had to bring it up. Um, his iconic hockey mask has become one of the most recognizable images in pop culture. I believe it. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. So today I'm focusing on numero uno. Number one. Number one. The OG. All right. Okay, released in 1980. Yeah. Written by Victor Miller, um, who has not been shy about really his inspiration and almost kind of ripping off a little bit like from the Halloween franchise or the Halloween movies in 1978 that came out. Right. um, As a slasher movie. And then with a combo of Meatballs. Remember that movie, Meatballs? What? (laughs) It was a teen sex comedy based at summer camp. A combo oh, of meatballs. A, yeah. The, have you never seen that movie, no. Meatballs? Oh, it's so raunchy. <laughs> All right. So it was kind of a combo of those two. Produced and directed by Sean Cunningham. Okay. All right. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. I'm ready. You're going to love this one. I'm strapped in. All right. So one of the first people to sign on to the movie was bringing it home, girl, to our hometown special effects makeup artist, Tom Savini. That's my boy. Coming off of his work on the 1978 George Romero, Dawn of the Dead. Mm-hmm. All right, so this movie, Jake, are you strapped in for this one? You might fall out of your chair on this one. <laughs> $550,000 budget. Took in $59.8 million at the box office. Whoa. <laughs> dollar, dollar bills, And y'all. they said this. they just wrote this as a way to pay their bills. <laughs> Well, shit, you fucking paid them. Oh, my God. Your expectations were exceeded, people. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So the cast was comprised primarily of people that had little to no acting credentials. Wow, okay. And that was basically done on purpose. It said that they were looking for people who would look good on a Pepsi commercial. Oh, oh, true. No acting required. (laughs) Damn it, I missed my shot. (laughs) So with the exception of Betsy Palmer... Who plays Mrs. Voorhees? Okay, uh, she was she was a longtime actress. Mm-hmm. So when they presented her with the script, she read it and said, "This is a piece of shit," and threw it across the room. But then she said, "Gosh darn, I need a new car." And so, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so she was literally filmed for ten days. They paid her a thousand dollars a day. Oh shit! She made ten grand for ten days of work, and she got herself a new car. Way to go! And the fu- the reason I bring this up is because uh, funnily, funnily, what is that word? <laughs> funnily, <laughs> funnily, funnels like a funnel cake. Sometimes my English. I, don't even <laughs> I just try to get so much in there. Um, so the funny thing. <laughs> 
Nice. Is this is actually her most famous role that she's known oh. for. Like, yeah. Yeah. Karma's a bitch, girl. <laughs> that one bit you in the ass. And then we have Mr. Kevin Bacon. And I he love plays Kevin Bacon. Jack. So he's he had some acting creds under his belt, but uh, only Animal House was like his first mm. movie. And then he did this. So this movie pretty much launched his career. Wow. Exciting about that, mm-hmm. right? And then Harry Crosby plays Bill. Okay. Okay. So the plot, the movie opens in 1958 All with right. two camp counselors sneaking um, into a storage closet to have sex. <laughs> to do the dirty. To do the bumpy bump. <laughs> do the humpty hump. The humpty hump. Um, and they're murdered by an unseen entity. <laughs> so what does that tell you? It's kind of like, don't have if sex. If you have sex, you will die. Exactly. If you have, uh, yeah, if you have sex, you will die. Hey, it's Randy's number one rule in Scream. That's right. Don't have sex. <laughs> That's correct. See, it's the rules of Scream. Right. The horror movie rules. Um, so the camp is closed down. So then we jump 22 years ahead. Okay. All right. And we see Annie Phillips being driven to the newly reopened Camp Crystal Lake. And she's going to work as a camp counselor slash cook. Uh, but she's warned by truck driver Enos, who gave her a ride while she was hitchhiking, uh, that, you know, that that camp has had a troubled past beginning in 1957 when a young boy drowned. And, uh, well, she didn't heed his warning and poor Annie doesn't even make it to the camp. Bye bye, Annie. So long, Annie. R.I.P. Pouring one out for you. R.I.P. Annie. No meals will be cooked today. (laughs) So meanwhile, back at camp, we have camp counselors Ned, Jack, Bill, Marcy, Brenda, and Alice. Wow. Along with camp owner Steve Christie, whose family owned the camp. In its heyday, back, you know, when those other people got murdered. Like, right, why? Right. So, you know, hey, Steve, why did you think it would be a good idea <laughs> to reopen the camp? Hey, Steve, maybe <laughs> condemn the damn camp. Tear that bitch down. Right. Right? Okay. So. Um, You'll pay big, Steve. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> pretty much. And so then, like any good slasher film. And then there were none. They start <laughs> you know? just getting they just knocked start, off. They just start picking these bitches off one by <laughs> one, right? Um, so, of course, it's dark. It's nighttime. And there's a thunderstorm. Because oh, what no. is more spookier? More spooky. more spooky. Gosh darn it. <laughs> what is more spookier? What is more spookier? I need to go back to English class. <laughs> what is more school, Mom. Go back to school. Um, what is more spooky than a thunderstorm? Huh. I don't know. A black cat? You know, and people getting hacked and slashed. <laughs> okay, so Alice and Bill become the last two survivors. Okay. All right. They're the, they're the, they're the main characters. Gotcha. Uh, until Bill goes out to check on the generator because, of course, all the lights go out in the middle of the storm. Naturally. Uh, and when he doesn't return, Alice finds him pinned to the generator door with arrows. Nice. Bye-bye, Bill. So long, Bill. (laughs) It's been nice. So Alice, of course, is freaking out, but then she sees a car pull up the driveway, and she thinks it's owner Steve, who went out to get some supplies. No, sorry, Steve. Bit the dust. He bit the dust a ways back. So she she rushes out, and she's greeted by a middle-aged woman who says that she's Steve's friend, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And her name is Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, shit. She tells Alice that her son Jason was the young boy who drowned in 1957 on Friday the 13th. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Blaming his death on the counselors who were supposed to be watching him, but instead were having sex. Hey, Alice, red flag. (laughs) Alice, get out the car. (laughs) Time to bounce, Alice. (laughs) She then reveals herself as the killer. No, shit. You don't say. (laughs) There is, of course, suspense and a scuffle. (laughs) And then we see Alice ends up taking out Mrs. Voorhees. Nice. She is exhausted. She, of course, jumps in a canoe. Split on the brow. (laughs) And sails out to the lake. That sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? It does. (laughs) I'd be like running for the hills. (laughs) Get me to the road. Get me the road. Uh, You know, she just wants to catch her breath. Right. On the canoe. On the canoe. 
She's like, oh, it's all quiet and peaceful. And out of the water jumps Jason's decomposed corpse to attack Alice. It is a good ending. Cut. We see her wake up in the hospital saying, but what about Jason? Who, of course, no one else has seen. Mm-hmm. And then she says, then he's still there. You know, making way for a sequel or 11. I was going to say, we'll see, you the, we'll see you in the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you in the sequel, Alice. Mm-hmm. All right. So I had to bring up some fun facts. Love it. Give it to me. Got it. So there was quite some interesting things happening here. Okay. And I'm really excited. One, we're bringing in the Pittsburgh roots. We are. Two, that I can actually go six degrees of Kevin Bacon and freaking Kevin Bacon is in the movie. Oh, no. So it's a true six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Do you have your Virgo hat on? I do. Oh, no. Let's learn, kids. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) Um, The film was shot in New Jersey with many actual locations and street names used. Like, they used real places. I did know that. Did you? I did. All right. So the camp scenes were filmed at a working Boy Scout camp named, I'm going to screw this up, Nobi Bosco. Nailed it. Did I? I I don't know. Oh, okay. (laughs) In Hardwick, New Jersey. You can Uh, go there. I know. It's Mm -hmm. it's actually still standing and operates as a summer camp. I know. Uh, So that either helped or hurt. (laughs) I don't know. I would not not be sending my kid there. Or would I? I don't know. I I mean, if I were a tourist and I wanted to go like on a... You know, because I guess you can go and take a tour and they'll show you the filming locations. But would I want to send my kid there and leave them there for the summer? That'd probably be a no for me, dog. Um, (laughs) For that reason, I'm out. (laughs) For that reason, I'm out. Uh, So most of the sets were already there and they only had to build the bathroom sets. Hmm, Okay. So everything was in place. Right. So most of the cast and crew stayed at local hotels during the filming, except for the diehards, Mr. Tom Savini. And Mr. Tazo Stavrakis. Okay. All right. So I have an interesting, uh, you know, six degrees of Kevin Bacon story about these two. All right. I'm ready. All right. So we used to work at the Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival for many years, right? Um, So Tazo was actually the head jouster. Yeah. At the Renaissance Festival. And um, then his brother Christian, who I knew very well, was actually... The one that made the George Romero bust in Monroeville Mall. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we used to see Tom Savini at the Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival all the time. All the time, yeah. Um, it was hilarious because you used to, like, you, I mean, you were the best photo bomber ever. I love Tom Savini. You do. I do. You absolutely do love uh-huh. him. You have an autographed picture. I do, yeah. Yeah. So. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> so that is definitely six degrees of, of Kevin Bacon. Love it. All right, so one night while they were in the cabin, um, in Mr. Savini's cabin, there was mm-hmm. a snake um, in which he then suggested to add into a scene. So I think in the beginning, when they're chopping wood, there's an uh, incident with the snake. So it was actually a real snake and a real death oh. <laughs> of the snake. Okay. Um, so body count at the end of the film, 11, including the snake. Oh. So, <laughs> hello, Peta. You missed an opportunity. <laughs> ring, ring, Peta. No. <laughs> ring, ring, Peta. not on the scene there. Oh, no. Um, at the end, when Jason jumps out of the water and attacks Alice, it was actually not in the original script. Oh, really? No. Hmm. It was supposed to end with Alice just floating on the lake. What? So, your guy, Tom Savini, suggested it needed a cliffhanger as yeah. he had just finished watching Carrie. And remember at the end of Carrie when the Jim arm comes, comes up, up, he was like, that was really cool. And so he suggested having Jason jump up out of the water. Love. Um, and it's said that he used to go to several local theaters when the movie came out and he would go in at the last five minutes just to see the audience reaction. Oh, cool. Um, so that was super cool. So, I mean, if that wouldn't have happened, there probably would not have been... Yeah, that without that ending, like if she was just floating on the water, that would not have been it. <laughs> there probably wouldn't have been sequels. Right. Right? It would have been boring as hell. Jeez, I hope he got a cut of that action. Way to go, Tom Savini. I know. All right. So you know at the beginning when I was giving the cast and said there, you know, I said Harry Crosby was in it. And you were probably like, well, who's that? Yeah. I don't know him from anything. I don't. Well, he was attempting to make a career for himself without using the clout of his famous dad, Bing. 
oh, bang. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point in the movie, he can be seen playing the guitar, which was his, and singing one of his original tunes. Oh. Uh, the producers have been accused of further mimicking Halloween by using Crosby as the male lead. Um, based on his famous dad, much like they used Jamie Lee Curtis with her famous parents, Janet Lee and Tony Curtis. Oh, I see. Yes. Gotcha. Uh-huh. So um, they said that possibly that this was inspired by real-life murders in Espoo, Finland in 1960 at Lake Bottom, hmm. which is considered one of the most famous unsolved homicide cases in Finland, where three people were stabbed to death and one seriously injured while sleeping in their tents. And others say it was modeled after the, sl- the original slasher film, and then there were none by Agatha Christie. Oh, I love the, that. In which the structure of Friday the 13th is very similar. Mm. Well, I mean, most slasher films are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, because I was a big fan of the book and then there were none. And it's basically just they just yeah. keep getting knocked well, off. Right. Which, so every slasher film is kind of. Yeah. Um, okay. Two more things. Uh, Lou Reed of the Velvet Underground, uh-huh. bringing back the Pittsburgh connection, was actually had a farm nearby and he used to come and hang out um, on the set with the crew. That's weird. That's but pretty all right. cool. <laughs> and the last thing, well, it is that Kevin Bacon shaved his armpits for this role. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> I was like, who would bring that up? Like, why is that important? For the bedroom scene, he shaved his pits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know why that was important, but I thought, well, that's that's really just a random fact that I would have to bring up. You know that someone's so. going to get like a trivia question and some kind of like bar <laughs> trivia. In what role did Kevin Bacon shave his armpits? Oh, that would be Friday the 13th for the win. I get free wings and a beer. <laughs> I get my face on the wall. All right. Oh, so no. my lesson then, of course, was like I was wondering – where is the history of Friday the 13th? Yeah. Like, where does that come from? Why are people like, so why afraid is it bad? of it? Yeah, and I am going to butcher some terms, I can tell you. No, no. All right, so the history of Friday the 13th. Uh, first, let's look at the number 13, right? Right. So Western culture historically associates the number 12 with completion. Okay. All right, so we have 12 days of Christmas, 12 months in a calendar, 12 zodiac signs. Oh, shit. Okay. The 12 labors of Hercules, 12 gods of Olympus, the 12 tribes of Israel. And then, of course, the number 13 comes after that and has a long history of being bad luck. Interesting. And they think that the first um, mention is in 1754 called the Code, I'm going to butcher this, of Hammurabi. Hammurabi. Okay. Hammurabi. <laughs> you just I gave three options. I like, you pick one. It's one of those. Uh, it was a collect, collection of 282 laws and rules. Um, and in this laborious text, he left out the 13th law, leading some to believe that it was unlucky. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm with you. All right. So the fear of number 13 is called, I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> Triskaidekaphobia. Triskaidekaphobia. That sounds Triskaidekaphobia. right. Triskaidekaphobia. Okay. Um, and it is the fear of the number 13, like really? that of famed composer Arnold Schoenberg, um, who is considered one of the most influential composers of the 20th century. Um, and he developed the 12-tone technique. He was born and died on the 13th. And at the age of 76, 7 plus 6 is 13, he, okay. di- he died. Okay, that's creepy. And he was... Absolutely terrified of the number 13 his entire life. Really? Yeah. And so it it does, you know, affect a lot of people. Interesting. Okay. I didn't know this. So Jeffrey Chaucer in the Canterbury Tales states that Friday is a day of misfortune. And it is also said that one should never marry or start a journey on a Friday. Mariners claim you should never start a nautical journey on a Friday. Uh, and it is supposedly the day Eve tempted Adam with the apple Ugh. and Noah's Ark set sail. Oh, for God's sakes. So now let's add 13 with the Friday. Right. So we already have Friday is uh, obviously a doomsday. Right. But then let's add 13. So that kind of dates back to the biblical times. Um, in Christianity, the Last Supper which took place on Monday, Thursday, there were 13 guests in attendance. 
at the Last Supper. Okay. Um, number 13 guest would be Judas, who, of course, oh, shit. betrayed <laughs> Jesus, and then he was crucified the next day on Friday, uh, which then oh, is I Good Friday. Okay. Um, there is also a similar tale um, from the Norse mythology um, of Loki, who is the trickster, who crashes a dinner party as the 13th guest, bringing chaos with him. Okay. Interesting. On another Friday the 13th, and this is another one, um, officers of King Philip IV of France arrested hundreds of Knights Templars, a powerful military and religious order formed in the 12th century to defend the Holy Land. Uh, they were imprisoned for various illegal behaviors, but really the whole gist of it was that the king wanted like their financial, like they had amassed a lot of wealth, mm -hmm. taking riches across the Holy Land for people. Um, so he pretty much executed and wiped out the Knights Templars. Um, and Dan Brown's Da Vinci Code kind of brought that back into the forefront. Okay. But the real milestone, uh, bridging Friday and 13, took place in 1913 with the publication of a novel by Thomas William Lawson, titled Friday the 13th. Okay. Lawson himself was considered a present-day Wolf of Wall Street, and he wrote this novel, and it was a story about um, a New York City stockbroker who plays on the superstitions of people about the date, Friday the 13th, and creates a, a deliberate crash on Wall Street. Um, hmm. So... It causes, uh, it causes chaos. Nice. <laughs> um, and the character makes a killing, you know, on Wall Street. Okay. Um, and then a killing. A killing. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> we see one year later the very first mention of Friday the 13th in media print. Okay. In a little publication called the New York Times. Oh, shit. All right. So, fear of Friday the 13th. Is called Frigga Triskaidekaphobia. Frigga Triskaidekaphobia. Yeah, because Frigg is the Norse goddess of wisdom who Friday is named after, like the day Friday is named after, and Triskaideka is Greek for 13. Oh, okay. 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 So fear of the Friday the 13th contributes to a routine loss of 700 to $900 million in revenue on that day. What? Where people were afraid to fly. And so, like, if you, like, they slash, you know, air air flight, what? you know, tickets. You're kidding. No, the stock market drops. Yeah, people stick close to home to avoid calamity. So 700 what? to $900 million in revenue is lost on Friday the 13th. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you think hospitals, high rises, airport gates often emit a 13th floor, a 13th gate, because people are so paranoid. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was like that big of a thing. Yeah. Right. Um, however, in the late 19th century, a New Yorker named Captain William Fowler uh, sought to remove the stigma of Friday the 13th and founded an exclusive society called the 13 Club. Uh, the members dined every 13th day of the month in room 13 of the Knickerbocker Club, ate a 13-course meal, spilled salt, and walked under ladders with a banner that read, I'm, gonna, so I'm not going to get this, Morator Te Salutamus. A for effort. Ha, which is Latin <laughs> for those of us about to die, not rock, ACDC. Uh, those of us about to die salute you. Okay. And five U.S. presidents were among the members, including Theodore Roosevelt. Wow. All right. So they took that a little seriously, right? <laughs> I'll say. All right. Yeah. So um, I think that's about it. Uh, the interesting, interesting enough, Alfred Hitchcock was born on Friday the 13th. Hmm. And Tupac Shakur died on a Friday the 13th. I did know that. Did you? Yeah. Um, but all in all, the Friday the 13th movie franchise has done its part to solidify continued continued fear revolving around Friday the 13th. Wow. Okay. All right. I didn't know it was that big of a thing. That's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I, yeah. I appreciate that little lesson there. That's, I, I did I mean, not know that. There was a, I, I was just like floored. I've always thought. 
13 to be lucky. Yeah, many cultures do right. think that it is. You know, um, I love the number 13. Me too. Obviously. So that's interesting that it's that big of a, like, it causes that big of a stir. Remember when we used to buy Lucky 13 clothing? I still have a bunch of it. I know. Yeah. I looked it up online today to see if it was in still, still in existence. Yeah. It is. They I got still, some cool shit. Yeah, I still have that sweatshirt that says Lucky 13 on the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's very interesting that people take that that seriously and are that yeah. that's wow okay crazy right. right yeah now i want to go watch kevin bacon 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 with the shaved armpits are you gonna check <laughs> now i'm gonna i'm gonna have to pause and you zoom, zoom up on a shaved pit. yeah not that i care if you don't want armpit hair i mean do each his own but yeah you'll have to do some um reading about into the, the armpit uh, hair well it was interesting and i didn't put it in the <laughs> lecture because or the you know the lecture yeah the lecture <laughs> okay, Virgo. jake's like exactly <laughs> boom roasted um i didn't put it so in burn. <laughs> so burn. son of a bitch um i didn't put it in because but it was fascinating the uh, special effect that to get kevin bacon it was very interesting. If you're interested, go, go look yeah, that up. Yeah, I mean, I know because I love Tom Savini, so I have There were like three people in, but... under that bed. Right. It <laughs> <laughs> was a small little bunk. It was a small little bunk. Oh, my gosh. Right, yeah. All right, so I love interesting. It. Way to Great. go, Laura. Fun. Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked both. That is very cool. Yeah. All right, up top. Boom. All right, with that, it's time for Killer Quotes of the Week. Da-na-na-na, da-na-na-na. Okay, mine is my foot hurts. Can I go to the nurse? That's from Clueless. <laughs> Sent in by Debbie Rocks. Oh my um, and that's perfect because I'm having my 90s theme birthday party. That is. <laughs> wow, she must have known. It must have been deja vu. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. All right. All right. And mine is don't be a lady, be a legend. From Stevie Nicks, sent in by Lavender and Lynn. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, Jesus. That's a beautiful one. I like it. All right, everyone. That's a wrap on today's episode. If you want to be next week's Killer Quote of the Week, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Uncle Bob's Magic Cabinet. If you want to join our Patreon and have some fun with us, uh, especially coming up for our patron-only live stream, Mm -hmm. uh, hit the link in our show notes and you can check it out. Um, uh, Oh, we forgot to mention. What? Every Wednesday now we're doing a mini-sode. We are, yeah, it's oh new. My, it's called Witch Whispers. Witch Whispers. Uh, yeah, so every Wednesday there's a little mini-sode. Uh, we'll each pick a topic about something that yeah. couldn't, couldn't fill a half an hour, but we still think you should know. Yes. So look out for those. Look out for those. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, with that, we will see you Wednesday and Friday. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for hanging. TTFN. All right, cut, print, check the gate, moving on.